And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my co-host and counterpart, Joe DeLeon. Good evening, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We had ourselves a, a pretty good weekend in terms of people uh, subscribing to the channel. So I'm excited to see what this, this week brings us. I think, did we add almost 100 new subs? Is that what the number Something was? Something like that in a week. Florida State came out to party. Maybe, maybe, Arkansas, maybe Arkansas comes out to party when we talk about them on Wednesday. You will know if Arkansas comes out to party because you'll hear banjos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Arkansas fans kind of got after us a little bit today because we are breaking down the SEC West. They didn't like their placement, I guess, necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. Why I do not uh, – I'm not necessarily high on Arkansas, as Les Miles once famously quoted in saying. But nevertheless, Joe and I will be breaking down our SEC West – I guess, Joe, what about – before we get into all this, also we're going to be talking about Kevin Warren and the absolute idiot that he is. But I guess when you were breaking down the West and thinking about your top seven in order, what were your initial thoughts? One thing that really stood out to me, and I was kind of surprised by this, but the, the, the three teams that I projected at the top, which were the same that you have, LSU, Alabama, Old Miss, I'm actually surprised about how, how easy they're – non-conference schedule and just their schedules in general are and I know that this year could be a down year for Alabama but I think for all three of these teams it's hard to project them to do poorly when they don't have a lot of difficult opponents the only team that has a tough actually two teams that have two tough non-conference games are Alabama and LSU LSU playing Florida State Alabama playing Texas but they really have a pretty light path to finish with a good record at the end of the season. They do. And look, for me, and we'll get into this, four, five, and six, put in any order you want. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter to me what you do with our list. We'll show that in just a minute. Uh, but I really, it really doesn't bother me. Look, Auburn could easily be th- four. Uh, or three, or they could easily be six under the first right. few freeze. So you just don't know with them because you got to see what they have uh, on the field. Arkansas, as we touched about, I know that I'm a little bit higher on AM than you are. I just mm. think there's way too much talent on that team. And I think that they've done some things to remedy coaching, some things I'm hearing. Look, Joe, for what it's worth, now, does this stay the same? I don't know. Jimbo has, from what I understand, taken a little bit of a step back on the offensive side of things. So if that's true, I think that they get a lot better, uh, but we will discuss. Also, never – so listen, you're in TV, I'm in TV, I guess, technically, right? Yeah. There were always rumblings, by the way, that Kevin Warren was a complete and utter Rudy Poo. Mm Mm-hmm. He tried to be like the SEC. He tried so hard to be Greg Sankey. I will be real with you. I was a little perplexed when he went to Chicago and took this job with the Bears. It's very sudden. Now, all of a sudden, I think we know why. Oh, we absolutely do, Blake. We absolutely know why it happened. We also know why they hired his eventual replacement. And we're going to get into all this, but... Man, that was one hell of a headline to wake up to. You texted me when it was like 4 o'clock my time. That was the first thing that I saw, and I was like, wait, what did what did Kevin Warren do? To wake up to that and to read that, it was perplexing. It is mind-boggling. The fact that that guy was the commissioner of the conference is just it's, – it's crazy that it didn't fall apart quicker, uh, you know, at all in his period of time when he was leading them. Well, well, not only that, it just goes to show how incompetent you can be mm-hmm. and run a massive company or conference like that. That's what it shows me. Yeah. So we'll touch on Kevin Warren and all the Rudy Pudness that he's doing. I will add in this, you've been on me saying that Notre Dame might join the Big Ten. Or should join the Big Ten. Well, or should. I don't know if they have an option. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, this is not really good news to see that the current state of the TV deal is as bad as it is. And the current take-home money for these teams, I don't know what the it's going to be after all of this is resolved, but it does not sound like it's going to be as high as we thought it was going to be. It does not. 
It does not. So let's get rolling. Let's get started. Everybody do us a favor. Joe, I'm good, internet-wise. Uh, so far, you're holding up. But as I said, if it gets bad, I will certainly. Okay. <laughs> the Rudy Poos over at Spectrum never seem to fail. Uh, nevertheless, everybody hit the like and share. Share to all of your social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube. Or you can't share on. I guess you can share on YouTube. You can post it. Yeah. Uh, but YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, wherever you deem necessary. If you listen to us on the audio podcast and or now on any or some smart televisions, uh, we'll give you those details in the next couple of weeks. But thank you for joining us. We're glad to be a part of with you. So hit that like button, hit the share, tell your friends, tell your mom and them that Rafino and Joe show is live. Let's talk about our good friends though, over at Bet Online. We're back very quick. Don't go anywhere. We return. We break down our SEC West next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe50. That's Believe50, B-L-E-A-V, 5-0 to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back. Well, Joe, you know who can say that? Who? LSU. I'm surprised that you, of all things, would use that sound to set up talking about your team. Well, <clears throat> excuse me, as might clear my throat. Mm. Um, they put Joe Burrow's mama and daddy up in the nosebleed in 2019, so they can rock <laughs> hell for all I care. <laughs> speaking of Texas, speaking of Texas, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I shared this today on Twitter. Did you see the uh, miscellaneous national champion winners that I posted yes. today? Um, yes. congratulations to Texas A&M, uh, on winning, uh, not only wool judging like a sheep's mm. wool, but also they are the national champions of meat judging. I mean, if any program, if any institution was going to be good at meat judging, it's Texas A&M. By that, I'd also like to give a shout out to the University of Notre Dame for winning Gaelic football. I have no idea what that is, but Gaelic they played at the football. They, they played at the stereotype. Football. Finally, you won a national championship that something had the word football in it. We did in 1988. That's all I can hang my head on. Were you alive in 1988? Yeah, you know damn well I wasn't alive okay. in 1988. Were you I. alive? Yeah, I was going to say you weren't either. <laughs> so, I mean, just, that much throw, me. just throwing that out there. But Gaelic football. Ga- Gaelic means Irish. Stop pronouncing it like that. It means Irish. It's, well, how am I pronouncing it? You're you're emphasizing a particular word. It is I, – I, I'm sure that Notre Dame is only facing themselves. I don't know what other teams in, uh, are even out there in the country – but they're probably just playing themselves in a one-on-one scrimmage and they crowned it themselves. But we still want something. True. I just want to let people know you can never judge my meat. Anyway, <laughs> let's get over to the SSC West. Mm-hmm. Joe, I asked you what you thought about up top in reference to when you were breaking down your SEC West, what you thought about it. Let me give you my reason. So as I bring this up here, here are our projections, Joe and myself. Uh, we both have the top three the same. LSU, Alabama, Ole Miss. Uh, for me, though, I have A&M, Texas A&M at number four, Arkansas at number five, Auburn at number six, Mississippi State rounding out at number seven. Joe, do you want to read off uh, your list? Yes. So my ordering things, very similar top three, LSU number one, Bama at number two, Ole Miss at number three. I did uh, have a significant shakeup in my ordering after that, though. Arkansas for number four for me. Auburn at five, Mississippi State at six, and then wonderful Texas A&M was at number seven. We're going to have to come back to A&M, okay? 
Yeah. I think you're a little harsh on them. Um, I just think you're a little harsh on them. But you never know. We'll, we'll talk about that. So let's talk about the top three first. So, Joe, both of you and I – so, look, I, we know and I know what's going to happen when I say I have LSU winning the SEC West. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be called biased. There's a lot of things I'm going to be called. So I'll kick it over to you first. Why do you believe LSU takes over Alabama again in back-to-back years winning the SEC West? So I have to preface this by saying, for any of our listeners who are aware of Blake's biases, I did not make this decision out of any fear of backlash from Blake. I didn't make this decision uh, because I want to make Blake happy. I have trying to be as realistic as possible. Out of any of the teams in the SEC West, LSU returns with the best production. They return with one of the best transfer portal halls in the country. They return with key players at important important positions. I think that the fact that you've got one of the most premier pass rushers in all of college football and Harold Perkins is significant. But most importantly, I, I repeat this once a week, I feel like at this point. Jane Daniels has been the perfect quarterback for Brian Kelly that he has never had. And we saw signs of what he can do. Him returning for this upcoming season is extremely, extremely significant. I also am very focused on the fact that they're not really losing many significant key pieces on this roster. Like right. I look at the, the, the best guys that they lost were BJ Ojolari and Keishon Butte. And Keishon Butte and guys like Jaquel and Roy didn't play up to the expectations that we had hoped for them. So right. the fact that all of these guys are coming back, all of them, and there's other players that I'm not mentioning here that I'm sure we're going to get to as we open up this discussion, all of those guys coming back sets them up for success. It's hard not to buy into a team that has an elite blue chip roster like this with one of the better coaches in college football. They should at the very least, go 11-1. and one. And the big thing here, as I said, the big thing here, right, as I, I said, done. no, 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 I'm now, I'm almost done. The big thing, as I said in the beginning of the show, their schedule's pretty damn easy. Their schedule's not, it's, it, it's not as difficult as I think some people anticipate it to be. I, as long as they, if they can beat Alabama, which they will, their only other test, in my opinion, is Florida State. I'm so glad I waited to give you the applause. Oh, you don't agree with that? No, I think it's going to be, I think at the end of all this, it's going to be a top two, top three strength of schedule. Let me, wait, wait, let me rephrase that. I'm not saying that it's, it's like a cupcake schedule. I'm saying I only see two teams that are going to legitimately, that could legitimately beat them. I don't see any, they're going to get challenges from everybody else in their schedule, but I don't think that, I don't think they're going to lose those games. So let me just add one piece. I do think that LSU has some worries at safety. They mm-hmm. do lo- lose Jared Bernard Converse, who ran the 4-4 in the pro day and got drafted by the Jets. There are some pieces that they're not going to be able to replace. Um, because Jared Bernard Converse, no one, maybe Zy Alexander has that experience. I don't know. Here, Here's – the thing for me on LSU winning the West, it's not necessarily everything that LSU's doing. Okay, now, there is a lot that LSU has done in returning production. I think that, like you said, you got Harold Perkins returning. But not only that, you got five-star uh, edge outside linebacker and Deshaun Womack, who I think at the end of the year could be, you know, I, I'll just be honest, a coach that was, you know, a part of recruiting Deshaun Womack, who broke Mm -hmm. his commitment on our AYS show, I might add. He might be the best player in that class. He could be a Harold Perkins type of guy as an impact freshman. But they return Mason Smith, who got cleared this weekend. They do return a lot of key pieces. But it's not all just what LSU is doing. Mm -hmm. As much as it is, I can't foresee... Personally, Tyler Buckner being the guy that beats LSU. Now, I know LSU goes to Brian Denny, and look, I think this gentleman's name is Chris James Sr. Chris is right, but LSU, in reference to LSU going to play in Brian Denny, 
Yeah. Historically, LSU plays better there. That historical facts, that is, you can't debate that, okay? Alabama plays better at Death Valley, historically. Are we going, at the end of all of this, are we going to sit here and say that Tommy Reese and Tyler Buckner, who, by the way, Brian Kelly knows a lot about, is going to overtake LSU? I think a lot of the same roster pieces are the same. Look, they had the number one overall recruiting class. You can't take that away from them. Yeah. How many of those freshmen are impact freshmen? How many of those guys come in and start? It's not, not going many. to be a lot. But, so, boy, but I will say the guys that do contribute, I think, are going to be really good. Like Caleb no, Downs I, has a I, lot I, of potential. And I'm not going to degree that. The Proctor yeah. kid is yes. probably going to be starting at left tackle. I can't dispute that. Right tackle. Well, I think he's going to get. I think somebody's going to get moved. I think I think Latham's going to play left, and they'll probably throw. If I would just, if I were the one making that decision, I would do it that way. Unless you is that what you? Unless you're hearing the opposite, we'll see. Okay, you, you're not giving Proctor left tackle reps in spring if you're just going to pick put him over at right tackle. That's a good point. Are we? We can break down break down LSU versus Bama position by position, okay? And and that's cool. That's cool. Chris can laugh. You can laugh all you want. Historically, go look it up. Do you really believe? Are you seriously going to sit here and tell me that Tyler Buckner is going to overtake the SEC West? And if you and why go get Tyler Buckner if he's not the starter? See, Joe. That that's the part for me that you do not go get a Tyler Buckner if you think that Milrow or Ty Simpson is your dude. You you just simply don't. It makes zero sense. Unless the approach is that they want to do what Tommy Reese did a couple of years ago with Jack Cohn and Tyler Buckner, where was then that, it would was be that Tommy Reese or was that Brian Kelly in all seriousness? I think that was both. But maybe that worked tremendously well, though. That's the crazy it, thing is that that was the best quarterback play that they've had in recent memory where Jack Cohn was the guy and then Tyler Buckner came in and they used him as a, as a, as a read option. The biggest lie, though, is that he wanted to add competition. That, that's a lie. Yeah. You had competition in there. Tyler Buckner doesn't add to that. Co- I mean, he adds to the competition, but he doesn't add to what Milrow and Simpson were already going to do. No. He, he 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 doesn't. If Tyler Buckner's the starter, I cannot foresee them winning the West. That's just me. And I will tell you, I don't remember a time where Saban has been I don't he's not vulnerable, but vulnerable at that position. Yes. I will say this. I agree with you on the quarterback situation, unless crazy stuff happens. Like for example And Saban won't we, run a two quarterback system, by the way. Probably not. For example, last year we were talking about the quarterback battle that was happening at North Carolina. And look how that one turned out and how good Drake May is. I'm not saying that that, that's going to happen here, but someone could rise out of the group that could be better than we're anticipating. One thing I will say, this division is going to be decided off of that Alabama-LSU game. And as we see in rivalry games of this significance, crazy stuff can happen. And Alabama has really good defense. They, they're, I understand that they lost Will Anderson and guys like Brian Branch and Henry Toa Toa. The young core guys that they have on the defensive side of the football are still really freaking good. It is a well-balanced defense. If Kevin Steele gets this unit clicking and in a rhythm by the time that they play LSU, I wouldn't say that this game is a lock for LSU. I'm picking LSU this early on to win the game, but you got to be wary of... Maybe some craziness happens on the defensive side of the football that, for some reason, LSU can't figure it out. Here's my crazy take, and I've held on to it. I think I told you this about, what, two weeks ago. I think mm-hmm. I could for, I could easily, could easily see an LSU and Bama making the playoff together. I, I do think that that's plausible. I absolutely think that's plausible, and it – it helps them the timing of when they play each other, and it also and especially helps to really, especially if Georgia's not up to snuff, and if Georgia can't come out the East and win the SEC championship game. Well, because what you theoretically 
could have happened, though, you could have all three of those teams in. You theoretically could have LSU run the table, lose in the SEC championship game, Georgia gets in, LSU gets in with one loss if they beat Florida State, and then Alabama gets in with one loss if uh, they lose to LSU. Here's the truth. We almost had a two-loss SEC team get in there. I I mean, if LSU would have won out – Joe, mm. they did it in 2007. They, they would have I mean, they would have gotten in. They absolutely would have gotten in. If they would have beaten out Georgia, they would have gotten in. Okay? Yeah. Like, there's you no said other way. They're done, but they would have. Yeah. It, correct. I mean, hypo, like I tell you all the time, it, nothing's close other than hand hand grenades and horseshoes. <laughs> in, reference to, in reference to 2023, I just – even if it's Milrow, even if it's Simpson, I just don't see a path where they are better than – let me ask you this. Or let me put it like this. Did did Alabama get better offensively? No, they, they significantly regressed. Did they get better defensively? I think that they are at the same level. I don't think that they've taken a step okay. backwards because Kool-Aid McKinstry is going to be better this upcoming year. Dallas Turner is going to be better this upcoming year. And there's a bunch of guys in the wings that were slowly getting worked in at the the end of last season where I would agree that they got better on the offensive line. I think that LSU got better defensively, especially on the defensive line. Absolutely. So so I'm going to take that as a little bit of a wash. Look, I just think LSU, if you put, if you, when you have games like this, Mm -hmm. I usually tend to lean to the better quarterback nine times out of 10. Okay. I'm always going to lead the better quarterback. Joe, last year I said LSU was going to lose to Alabama, but they had a chance if they kept it close in the first half. Basically, everything I said about this time last year and then the week of the game literally came to fruition. I think Jane Daniels can lead you there. I think that he has things that he wants to get accomplished. I think LSU's deeper and more experienced at positions. Wide receiver, offensive line, running back, quarterback, defensive line, linebacker, and secondary. They are more experienced at the key positions that you need to win the game. And why, why would I not? Well, I'd also add this to what's something that's almost not even talked about sometimes in games like this. Jane Daniels has already done it. He's already beaten Alabama. He's coming into this game with the confidence that he knows that and he can do And Bryce Young for what it's worth. Yeah, I think that he's going to feel a lot more confident about outdueling Tyler Buckner or Jalen Milrow. Or Ty Simpson, whoever it's going to be at that at that given point in time. So I, I it's look, it's a juggernaut fight. And Absolutely. If Alabama were to win, it would not surprise me. Like it it would not surprise me whatsoever. You know what I was surprised that you did though? What? That you put Ole Miss at three. I honestly thought going into this. You and I were going to have a debate more on Ole Miss being put at three than anything. So just for a reference, as we go through three through seven, Joe and I both have Ole Miss at three, and then we'll get to the four, five, six, and seven after this. Why did you have Ole Miss at three? I can't I can't discount the talent that's on this roster and then also the good coaching that's on this roster too with Lane Kiffin and then now Pete Which Golden joining the staff. We talk about Pete Golden leaving Alabama and everybody hated Pete Golden in Alabama, but they had top 10 defenses every year. Now that he's not going to have that at Ole Miss, I don't think. No, no. But one thing that it's kind of one of those situations where they're just a little bit better than the rest. And I know that sounds like a detraction, right. but the the reality of it is that Ole Miss has a significantly better roster than Arkansas, Auburn, and the rest of company that is trailing them in my ranking. I'm confident in Jackson Dart. I think that we knocked Jackson Dart unfairly. Quinchon Judkins having him back and running him the way that they did, doing it again this upcoming year, if he's healthy, they're going to put up some silly offensive numbers. But one other thing that's not talked about enough is the talent that they do have Along the defensive line, I really like Jared Ivey. I really like Cedric Johnson. They are a a very underrated defensive unit. I see more defensive talent than any of those remaining teams that I have ranked after them. That's why I placed them where they did. It does not help them that their three toughest games are against Alabama, LSU, and Georgia. But if they lose all three of those games, I see winnable scenarios in the remaining set of opponents that they have. They did get 21 dudes out of the portal. 
Okay, they got Spencer Saunders, which headlined it, headlined everything. Trey Harris is a guy wide receiver that they got yeah. from Louisiana Tech that I think is going to be a really good player. Now, Chris Marshall, the very talented wide receiver. I mean, who knows what's going on with him? Okay, but they went and got a tight end from Memphis and Caden. Uh, I can't uh, pre. I kept calling him Candy Corn. His last name's not Candy Corn. Uh, but they got better <laughs> on defense though. Monty Montgomery is the guy that they brought in, and also they went and got a corner uh, as well. So, look, they've got some pieces, okay? They do have some pieces. Here's another thing. They went and got a five-star linebacker and started locking Mississippi down a little bit. They got uh, the Perkins kid, the linebacker from Raleigh, Mississippi. They are starting to get some of the recruits that they normally wouldn't get because Pete Golding is an outright damn good recruiter, regardless of what anybody tells you. The biggest thing that you said was the first thing, okay, for me, is that Ole Miss is better, in my opinion, than everybody else on this list. If you remember, it was the bigger teams that they started losing to, right? Like, yeah. it was the Alabama, it was the old, it was the LSUs that they were losing to. They are better Roster-wise and coaching-wise, in my opinion, better than A&M, Arkansas, Auburn, and Mississippi State. Now, the biggest debate and question that that we would have here, I'm assuming for you, would be Arkansas. Joe, Arkansas was dead last in – listen to this. Listen okay. to this. They were not dead last in the SEC because they were. They were dead last in the country – in passing yards allowed, and they were they are replacing both coordinators. So when the the team that I kind of looked at the most, I'm like, yeah, maybe Arkansas with KJ Jefferson. Joe, they are so bad defensively. Look, I understand that, but it's 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 in the same vein of the old Miss thing. I just think that there's too many damn question marks with the rest of this conference. Like, I'm not gonna put Auburn ahead of them because that's. Uh, ambitious to assume that Hugh Freeze figures it out. I think where the, and I jokingly said this to you on Twitter, it's, I think it's your love for Jimbo Fisher that pushes AM down. In this I hate, I don't like Jimbo at all. I know, I'm joking. You, for some reason, keep propping up this Texas AM team, which, like, that's, that's kind of where I think the debate is bigger. Eight and four is propping them up, though. Texas AM go eight and four. I don't think that they go eight and four. I, I, I think that, that there let's, is – Let's hypothetically act, act, act like they don't lose to Ole Miss by, by a score. Let's act like they don't lose to Appalachian State. Okay? They're hovering around 7-5, and 8-4. and four. They got cleaned in the portal. That's why I'm worried. They didn't really bring that much in. They had a good recruiting class, but they didn't bring that many guys in to replace the litany of talent that went in the draft. And then also left in the transfer portal. A lot of five-star kids hopped elsewhere, including a guy that LSU just got in Denver Harris. Anthony Lucas is significant to lose. All of these young guys that were coming up are gone. Now, I know that there's still five-star talent on this roster, but I just think it's so difficult to turn around after a drama-filled season when the locker room is a mess. I've been on a team when I was in college. I, my team was a lot worse than your team was at, at Southeastern Louisiana. My team had a lot of locker room issues and we had one good year. And outside of that, none of us could rally as a team because we had locker room issues. I've seen what it's like. It is hard to rally together when you don't have faith in your head coach. I hope that they can figure it out because they've got a lot of explosive athletes. But for me, it's just, it's too risky to assume that everything comes together and everyone's bought in on Jimbo. They do. They did have some very big corner pieces at corner that they went and got, though. That is true. They did pull a lot of corners in the. In they the went. I know that they lost Denver Harris, but Tony Grimes and Josh DeBerry were yeah. also guys that are going to Texas A&M. They went and got a wide receiver in Tyron Smith, who a lot of people liked out of UTEP. I, I, I get what you're saying. By the way, they went and got a Jackson State player. They went and got uh, Jalen Henderson, the quarterback from Fresno State. I know a lot of people don't like it, and I understand it. I know that they lost a lot, okay? It doesn't replace what they have on the offense and defensive lines, though, Joe. You've admitted this. You have admitted this. Yeah. They potentially, on both lines of scrimmage, every one of those guys could be top four-round picks or higher. 
Would you agree? I mean, look, they just do – they have a lot of things on both lines of scrimmage that if they have remotely even a small pulse offensively, defensively they have dudes. They they have dudes now. So – and look, let me, tell, let me tell you this. Let me just yeah. – let me just tell you this. Yeah. It does not behoove me – to say that I think AM can be eight and four. Cause you know, and I know, and the chat's already doing it. I'm getting ripped alive off of this. What do I do know? There's two things I know. Number one, they got five star talent all across the board. I think that they have more high end talent than everybody on the list, not named LSU and Alabama. Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, and Mississippi State do not have those type of dudes up front. You know that, and I know that. Now, if Jim Bowden definitely takes a step back of the offense, which I would even still want him to be if – he, if he radioed up to Bobby and said, listen, Bobby, listen, Bobby, I, they're going to be in cover three. Jimbo is still an asset. Jimbo still knows what he's seen on a football field. If they remotely have a pulse, they will be fine. And what I mean by fine is eight and four ish, seven and five ish. I here, so you're talking about you know if they have a pulse. I I feel like they've been hooked up to life life support for months now. Yeah, I, but here's the truth. Here's the truth. Mm-hmm. You could say, well, Blake, they beat LSU late in the season, and LSU didn't have the depth, and A and M did. They are four points away and a field goal away from beating Alabama, who they beat the year before. How did they do that? Let me tell you how they did it. They have talent. They do. But the problem that they've had under the whole time under Jimbo, in the down years that they've had, and so especially year. last year. That's one. <laughs> well, they, they had, yeah, besides one. They have had trouble cohesively playing as a team. Football more than any sport. We're... Offensively. Joe, yes. I can show you multiple times where they have position groups defensively, like last year. Joe, anybody in the chat, go look this up. Okay. They were number one in the least amount of passing yards allowed. Denver Harris didn't play all that. Right. Obvi- yes. And a lot of that is to the credit of the talent that's on the defensive side of the football. But – I'm still pointing to, again, them losing all these guys, all the reported locker room issues. I just worry that if there is one sign, one sign of any type of trouble, there is just a little bit of of resistance and they start to struggle. Can they rally together? Because right now I don't have enough evidence that they can do that. Because when things started to go bad last year, it felt like they all gave up on each other. That's what I, that's just from as an outside onlooker. That's what it felt like. Well, here's the truth. Let, let's just run through this schedule really quickly. Okay. Okay. Let me tell you, look, they have a very tough schedule in the SEC. That was a big reason why I also put them to finish like five and seven, six and six. Okay. New Mexico win. At Miami, yeah. I'm just going to tell you the truth. They're going to beat Miami. See, that was where I disagree. I don't know if that that's as, they as beat so Miami obvious. Miami last year. Miami's not any good, bud. They're Miami not any was, good. M- Miami's roster is better this year than it was last year, though. So they also it, have so a new offensive A&M's. coordinator. So is A&M's. I don't think it's that significant. That game was also not – it's not like it was a blowout. Joe. Look, I don't think that that's a foregone conclusion that they beat Miami. That's – Okay, well, we're not going to agree on any any of this. I still think that they beat Mississippi State. I think they can beat South Carolina. Yeah, I think that they can beat Arkansas and Auburn. I think they beat ULM. They have. With that being said, they have the potential. I think their ceiling is eight and four, and I think they get there. I think at the very most, I'm willing to concede to you is seven and five. Okay, that's fine. That's the most I'll give you. Let's look at some more of these. So, Joe, I mean, we're going to do a deep dive on Arkansas. Do you want to kind of table them a little bit and just since we're going to talk about them so much on Wednesday? Yeah, I, th- I think that tabling is a good idea, but just a quick kind of 
summation thought why I had them there. I, I don't think we're on different pages. I see them as the seven and five team. I, there are obvious defensive concerns, but to return KJ Jefferson, who you're hoping is fully healthy and rocket Sanders, that's going to win you some football games that you're not supposed to. Here's the problem with that. KJ has never gone through a season not hurt. Yeah, that is an issue. There's a okay. big fat if with that. It's a big fat if. They are. Let me tell you the truth. They are the worst team in the SEC not named Vanderbilt if KJ Jefferson goes down. I agree with that. Right? Having KJ well, we is very important. Well, we are, right. we've, we've seen it. Yes. So... Malik Hornsby is still out there running for his God forsaken life. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just telling you, they're a quarterback injury away from being the seventh team in the West. It's and it's everybody wants possible. to say, well, they got art, they got pieces cool. in the portal. You can only go up from being 131st in passing yards allowed. They don't have the dudes, bro. Wait, but so have- you, but I, I see, I, I don't mean to backtrack here on Texas A&M, but like, or is Texas A&M's quarterback situation so great that if if Weidman goes down, like, is it Max well, Johnson? Well, still the have a guy, guy that has 35 starts in the SEC named Max Johnson. Yeah, okay, and I guess that's a little by, bit better. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> okay, I mean, a little Johnson problematic with that. two statement. seasons of 20-plus yeah. touchdown passes. Or yeah, one. I, mean, I, I mean, admittedly problematic with that statement. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I know that you that. are. I, I concede that. <laughs> I'm just telling you, they they are her. Arkansas is horrendous without KJ, and which means yes. to tell me that next year when a quarterback goes in the portal, a big name quarterback, Arkansas has to dump and load, pause all of their monies on a transfer quarterback. Yeah, they're not like what Auburn did. Uh, well, in the sense that they need to go out and get options. True. By the way, did you see Peyton Thorne got a $95,000 truck when he went to Auburn this past weekend? That's awesome. That's freaking awesome. It's also, kind of it's also what Jaquez Hunter. No, no, don't. D- come on, man. Nope, don't. We're better than this. <laughs> oh, my God. Can I, can I please say it? Go ahead. Just go ahead. <laughs> That's what Jaquez Hunter would call a load. Oh my God! Oh God! Oh. That had been the most unfortunate news, by the way, to to see. That. I mean, it, listen, don't make sex videos. Some dudes are into that. We don't need to dive I, into I this. <laughs> All right, so we'll break down uh, a lot of Arkansas tomorrow. We really need to get this Kevin Warren stuff. Yeah, both of us are kind of out on Mississippi State. It's t- it's tough to deal with. Yeah, adversity. man, I hate it. I hate it, and because man, it's just oh. I will say I'm a little more optimistic on Auburn than you are, as I tweeted. They had a really good portal class. I said this this in the beginning of the show, though. If Auburn ended up at three on this list, it would not shock me at all. Yeah. Yeah, Hey, you when I was going down the schedule on the list, you know I had Auburn beating Ole Miss? So that makes sense. It was was Ole Miss's third loss? I can – it's – it's possible, but and kind of like I did with all these, I looked at all these schedules as we're wrapping this up. Their three most difficult games are Georgia, Ole Miss, and Alabama. And as you said right there, Ole Miss is a potentially winnable game. That Auburn roster is not as bad as I think some people want to admit. I know that it's a tough transition and there's a lot of roster fluctuation. They didn't they lost a couple key defensive players, but I think that there's a recovery window for them to take over. And assuming that Jarquez doesn't record any more videos and do anything <laughs> stupid. He is a really good SEC running back that does not get well, enough. He's suspended love. indefinitely. He might not. Why even is be he suspended the- though? Like what? Well, I, on the video. I don't really know the full context of the situation, uh, so I'm okay, not going to okay, 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 okay. I mean, there could be. I, I just know that he was recorded in a video and it was passed around. That's all I understand. That's all I know. Uh, for, for, uh, an ex went after him. All right. Yeah, it's just really tough. But Auburn might be the toughest place to coach in the country. I mean, you got to play in, in, in a month, mm-hmm. LSU, Alabama, and Georgia. Wait, say it again? In a month, every year, yes. Auburn normally has to play LSU, Georgia, and, and Alabama. And they don't have to play LSU this year? Yeah, they do. 
Am I crazy? Yeah, you're crazy. They're both in the West. Do, do, I was about to call you something bad. Auburn. <laughs> am, I, am I blind? Yeah, you're oh, blind. Oh, my God, I am blind. <laughs> I mean, so they got to play LSU, oh. Georgia, and Alabama right off the bat. That's three losses that they could have. They could still finish seven and five. They could. They could, or they could finish nine and three. That could just be their three losses. All right, let's do this. Let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online really quickly. We do need to talk about Kevin Warren. What an idiot. We're back soon. Don't touch that dial. You're going to want to hear this. Kevin Warren is an absolute piece of. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events with the first to market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. Hopefully my internet has uh, held up this entire show. It's been okay? Yes. It hasn't been so detrimental. You will never top that one Colorado show that we did, which was like one of our most watched shows. So is it will lagging? Never is it lagging? You, it is just occasionally a little choppy. It is, you're perfectly easy to hear. You're not cutting in and out. Again, you will never, ever top the poor internet I had in one of our early shows. I will tell you, you know that. It just makes my heart hurt so bad. So so bad all right so in case you missed it kevin warren is an outright idiot so not only was kevin warren and kevin warren the former big 10 commissioner an idiot in 2020 aka a corona bro but it was reported that the big 10 had a seven billion billion with a b tv deal and it was the next big thing guess what joe pete thamble reported from espn and you could read this article, that it didn't happen. Just so happened that Kevin Warren, before he left for the Chicago Bears, didn't get any signatures, and it didn't go through. So Mr. Patetti, Tony Patetti, is the new commissioner of the Big Ten. Now we know why, because he was a CBS TV guy, and he's been a TV guy his entire life, and now he's the commissioner of the Big Ten. Now... We know why. So, Joe, there's something that I didn't know in this and reading this article. Now, I kind of mm -hmm. all kind of knew it, but I thought it was just something that the Big Ten did. There's a tolerance agreement. Did you know this? That people, that they don't play night games. Maybe once a year. Penn State might play a whiteout every once in a year. But Kevin Warren gave ABC, I mean NBC, a, two, a 2026 uh, championship game for the Big Ten and was going to allow the Big Ten – to play night games live on NBC. Here's a problem with that, though. Fox owns the rights to the Big Ten. They don't even own their own rights. The Big Ten is an affiliate of Fox. So what's interesting about this is not only did Kevin Warren not get the signatures on the biggest deal in college football history or college TV football history, he didn't get the signatures on the most decorated document in, in sports history. This is, first of all, too good to be true. We should have saw the, the writing on the wall when it happened. The absolute irony for when he left, for him to make the statement that he left the Big Ten in a demonstratively better position than when he showed up is horrid that he made that statement. That is ridiculous that he made that statement, that he believed he set them up for success. When he did the quite possibly the worst thing he could have done, pushed out a false headline without having the necessary actions for it to succeed, and then on top of that, just piecing.
Now, I'm well, going to say something here okay. that's going to spark a little ire in you, I believe. Them hiring Patetti, it makes sense why they did it. But it's proof of why that was is the right decision to have a commissioner that has a TV background running the conference. Because more often than not, those that don't have that background are going to struggle to understand the intricacies of how to properly negotiate and orient all of this. But how does he not, how does Kevin Warren not know that Fox owns their rights? Because he's a dumbass. He's a dumbass. Being a a dumbass does not mean that you need to make the commissioner a TV guy. I think, look, okay, look, he was a dumbass, but at the same time. How do you not know the number one thing that you have to do? Joe, Pete Thamel reported that both sides of this, and I haven't even gotten to the best part in all this, mm-hmm. both sides on the fine print are so far apart that the deal's probably not even happening with NBC anymore, which, by the way, the Big Ten owes the, the NBC $40 million, and guess who doesn't pay it? Guess who doesn't pay it? The Big Ten. Did you know in this article from Pete Thamel that mm-hmm. they have to go to every Big Ten school and ask – for roughly $5 million to pay out NBC. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's how horrible he set them up. But my only point here is that if you have somebody with a TV background, they're going to know how to properly navigate this stuff, and they wouldn't have set them up for this situation. But Teddy's not going to fix it. And what I'm trying to say is you don't have to be a TV guy to know that you don't own your rights. And here's another thing. Here's another. What, are lawyers not involved in this? They are. And it sounds like Kevin Warren made a lot of decisions and statements and, and he didn't propositions have with it. Exactly. Exactly my point. I, and you look. know what else? You know what else? Shame on NBC. They knew that. They knew. They were trying to get $40 million, and good on them. If someone's going to do bad business. I mean, I, I don't totally know for certain, though, that NBC. Joe, how might, did they well, not know? How did they not know? How? Maybe there was. Explain maybe there, to me how they not, do not know. Maybe there was a belief that there would be an opening for them to be able to here's work how, that in. Here's how I know that they know. You ready? Mm-hmm. ESPN and NBC had to cut a deal, an agreement together when Notre Dame played in the ACC uh, during the COVID season. And remember the Clemson game was on like, they came to a agreement that, the remember the game was like on USA Network? You remember that? Yes. Okay, like it was, and then it was something stupid. And then they went to the inaugural uh, uh, presidential thing and they had to move the game. That's why the game was on USA Network. Okay, like they knew these TV guys know. Joe, if we hear the rumblings, how do they not know? That is BS. Now I'm going to tell you something. Okay, you've been on my rear end. This and pause this entire time about Notre Dame. There is no way now that NBC and Fox can get in bed together with NBC. You know who already has a working agreement together with Notre Dame? ESPN and the ACC. Yes. Buddy, I'm just going to tell you something. I, I will be shocked, and I could be wrong, and will admit if I'm wrong. I will be shocked if Notre Dame doesn't end in the ACC. I will admittedly say that I am conceding that this is very detrimental for my hopes of Notre Dame joining the Big Ten if they were to join a conference. I I think that the concern for the future of them handling these TV deals, I'm sure that Notre Dame, which is precautionary as they are, that they're probably not going to be interested in in making this move. They're, to your point, probably leaning ACC. Can I tell you something? Yeah. Welcome to big boy, uh, big boy football. Well, okay. <sighs> Wait, what do you mean by that? It's Are different you... in the South, bro. It's different in the South. And look, they're going to go to a big two. They're going to go to a big two. 
and Notre Dame's gonna Notre Dame's gonna lean with the South on this one. You know why? More Catholics. Wait, what do you wait? What? <laughs> wait, what does that I'm have just, to do with me? I don't know. I'm just making a BS. But I think that they're gonna lean with the South, and I think they're gonna lean with the ACC. I, I really do believe that. I yeah, I think at this point this is enough proof that that is the direction that this is going in for Notre Dame. I'm a little bit distracted by the fact, so I pulled up Kevin Warren to see his background. I, I'm really disheartened to find – He was uh, an you know attorney, where, right? Yeah, do you know where he went to law school? I think Harvard or Princeton. No, he went to uh, – he got his uh, his JD at the University of Notre Dame. So that's <laughs> absolutely ruined, ruined my day, uh, finding that out after all the shit that I just talked. <laughs> He had multiple other. We are a high academic school. We're a high academic school, and you can't even read. <laughs> he should have been hired in the first place, Blake. He should have been. They should have hired Patetti or a TV guy in in the first place. If this is what the, the oh. focus was, it's not his fault. He can't read. You I don't even time. have a law school. Do you guys even what? have? What? I don't even know. Do you have a law school? Yes. I've never seen you in a ranking before for law schools. If you have because one, we don't need your rankings. We got the ranking from the Lord and it's in football. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. 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 The man went to Notre Dame and can't even read. It's like, it's like, do you remember when Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor fought in boxing? Uh-huh. He, Conor McGregor so famously said to, Floyd Mayweather. Why do you have a book sack? You can't even read. Kevin Warren, why do you have a law degree? You can't even read. Look, I, I know you're not going to want to admit this, but I don't think it's because he didn't know or ch- I think he legitimately just made a bunch of false promises without confirming. I think that that's he all that, what it was. Business. He was trying to yeah. will and deal and got caught. Yeah, he, he was trying to, to be a, a negotiating savant and, and do all this crap, and it didn't work because he didn't check. He didn't do his due diligence. He wasn't well caught up on all the information he needed to have. Again, I really think that Patetti is the guy to, to fix all of this, and he's the one to lead the conference because you need, you need in the future, you need a TV guy. You would hope so. You would hope so. All yeah. right. Better go one. Good show. I enjoyed it. All right, guys, we'll see y'all Wednesday. We're going to talk some Arkansas. Might have a big old debate on our hands. Arkansanians are not happy. Arkansanians? They're not happy with you. I don't think anyone's upset with me. No one gets mad at you because you don't have hot takes. Yes, I do. What are you talking about? I I piss you off every show. What are you talking about? (laughs) That you do. That you do. All right, we'll see y'all Wednesday, guys. Y'all have a good one. Peace.